your holy word that we may truly understand, that understanding we may believe, and believing we may follow in all faithfulness and obedience, seeking your honor and glory in all that we do. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture today comes from the book of Joshua, chapter 3, verses 7 to 17. The Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, so that they may know that I will be with you, as I was with Moses. You are the one who shall command the priests who bear the ark and the covenant. When you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Joshua then said to the Israelites, Draw near and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, By this you shall know that among you is the living God, who without fail will drive out from before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. The ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is going to pass before you into the Jordan. So now select twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. When the soles of your feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan flowing from above shall be cut off. They shall stand in a single heap. When the people set out from their tents to cross over the Jordan, the priests bearing the ark of the covenant were in front of the people. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. So when those who bore the ark had come to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the ark were dipped in the edge of the water, the waters flowing from above stood still, rising up in a single heap far off at Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan, while those flowing toward the sea of uh, the Arabah, the Dead Sea, were wholly cut off. Then the people crossed over opposite Jericho, while all Israel were crossing over on dry ground, the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan until the entire nation finished crossing over the Jordan. The word of the Lord. Good morning and grace and peace to all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm sorry that I'm not present with you in the sanctuary this morning. Uh, I had to go to Indianapolis this weekend to preach at a mentor's funeral, and uh, Indianapolis is on our quarantine list in Pennsylvania, so I'm staying out of the building for two weeks. So I'm preaching from my home uh, this Sunday and next Sunday, and many of you may recognize this room from the new member dinners that many of you have taken part in over the last nine years uh, here in our dining room. Uh, so from our home, I am speaking to you today uh, a word of grace and hope in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit through me, that these words might truly become your living word to your people. And I pray that you would open up each of our hearts and minds, that we might receive that word exactly in the place that we need to hear it. For we pray this in the name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen.
It's a bad season for giving, isn't it? After all, we are still in the midst of the worst pandemic we've had in a hundred years. Our nation is in turmoil. The economy is hanging on by a thread. The stock market is up and down. Unemployment is still sky high, as some of you are painfully aware. We are in uncertain times. And some of you have retirement looming ahead. Others of you have college tuitions to worry about or health care to be concerned about. So it's just not a good time to be committing our financial resources to God or increasing our pledge, never mind tithing. No, it's just too risky. No, it's just not a good season to be stepping out in faith with our money. Maybe. On our text this morning, we find the Israelites also in a bad season for crossing the Jordan River. See, they had just lost their prophet Moses, who had led their parents and grandparents out of Egypt and who had led them through the wilderness for the last 40 years with incredible displays of power. But now Moses was gone. And his young replacement, Joshua, was untested as their leader and unproven as one with whom God's power resided. And it's usually just not a good idea to make a bold move forward during such uncertain times. To make matters worse, the text tells us that it was flood season on the Jordan River. And anyone who has ever been around flooding waters will tell you just how unpredictable and how dangerous they can be. So crossing the Jordan River under these conditions was, was just too risky, especially with all the women and the children. It was just not a good season to be stepping out in faith with their lives. And yet, God tells Joshua to command the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant to walk up to the edge of the Jordan River and then march right in, Ark and all. Now, if you recall, the Ark of the Covenant was that box that contained the Ten Commandments written on those two tablets given by God to Moses on Mount Sinai. And that Ark represented the power and the presence of God among His people. And yet... God tells them to carry it right into the river. Now, maybe, maybe they thought the ark would float and it could ferry them all across. Then again, maybe it would sink, and then so would they. But then Joshua says to the people, This is how you will know that the living God is among you. When the priests carrying the ark step into the Jordan River, its waters will be cut off. Now this is interesting because this isn't the first time the Israelites have had to pass through a body of water. If you recall, 40 years earlier on their way out of Egypt, they had passed through the Red Sea. Back then, God had first parted the waters while the Israelites stood by and watched, and then they crossed through on dry land. This time, however, the water would not be parted until the priests stepped into the river. This time, the people were expected to commit themselves 
and participate in order for the miracle to occur. But stepping into a raging, flooding river, carrying a heavy object, trusting that God was going to stop the waters to save them? (laughs) Well, that would require a heck of a lot of faith. Right. You see, after the Israelites had had to learn to depend on God in the wilderness for survival for the last 40 years, God expects them to have learned a few things along the way. God expects them to have learned how to step out in faith and put their trust in God. And God is saying to the people, now is the time for taking action, for the promised land awaits. But do you really trust me to do what I say that I will do? Do you really believe that the living God is with you? And do you believe it enough to commit yourselves to action, even when there is great risk, even in a bad season? This question isn't just for the Israelites, for God is also asking you and me what we believe. You see, God expects us as a congregation to have learned a few things over the years. From that small group of saints who first started gathering here in 1802 and who officially formed this congregation in 1838, this church has multiplied and expanded and thrived. I mean, just think of of all the weddings that have taken place here, like Deborah Murdoch's wedding last weekend. Just think about all the children and the adults who have been baptized here, starting their journeys of faith. Just think about all the saints whose lives have been celebrated here. I mean, there have been difficult times in the wilderness and obstacles to overcome, and there have been great moments of joy and grace and celebration. And through it all, the living God has been here among you, faithfully sustaining you on the way. But do you really believe that? course, just because we say we believe something doesn't mean we really do. And there are some kinds of convictions that we claim to hold publicly, but may not actually be true. We just want people to think that we believe them. Think about Judas. When he complained uh, when Mary had used that expensive perfume on Jesus rather than giving it to the poor, did Judas really care about the poor? Of course not. He was stealing money from the common purse. He was just thinking about himself. But he wanted everyone to think that he cared about the poor. Or think about King Herod when he told the wise men to go and find the Christ child and report back to him so that he too might go and worship. Did Herod really want to worship Jesus? Of course not. Did he want the wise men to think that he did? Absolutely. Now, these kinds of beliefs are basically just PR statements. Uh, They're just for show. But then there are, are some kinds of convictions that we genuinely think that we believe, 
But when circumstances change, our actions reveal that what we thought were sincerely held beliefs were actually false. Think now about Peter before Jesus was arrested when he swore that no matter what anyone else did, that he would never abandon Jesus. Was Peter sincere when he said this? Did he actually think that he meant it? I think he did. Did it turn out to be a true belief? No, it did not. Truth is, sometimes we have beliefs that we think we hold, but then they come into conflict with other more deeply held convictions. And the truth is, Peter believed that looking out for number one was more important than remaining faithful to Jesus. The truth is, is that we are often easily self-deceived, and therefore we are not always the best judges of what we really believe. Again, just because we think we believe something or even want to believe something doesn't mean we really do. But that brings us to the deepest kinds of faith convictions we have, which are our primary beliefs. Now, primary beliefs are always true because they form the foundation which shapes the lens through which we view all of life. And primary beliefs are always revealed by our actions. Think now about Peter on that day of Pentecost when he stood up and made that great speech about Jesus being the Messiah. Did Peter really believe it this time? Absolutely. How do we know this? Because Peter became utterly fearless in his proclamation of the gospel, even at great risk and cost to himself. And for Christ's sake, he was willing to endure imprisonment, flogging, even death on a cross. And what Peter believed was revealed by his unwavering, selfless, incomparable commitment to the risen Christ. Now, Peter's faith in Jesus had moved from just a public statement of faith and a self-deceiving conviction to now a foundational primary belief that shaped his entire view of reality. And his actions proved it. Well, standing there on the banks of the Jordan River, the Israelites were about to reveal what they had come to believe during their time in the wilderness. Now, certainly, at later periods in Israel's history, the Israelites would give God a lot of lip service, publicly professing their faith and their devotion to God while their actions betrayed them. This day, however, fresh from their lessons in the wilderness, their faith was true. And so the Israelites all lined up behind those priests, and then the priests carrying the ark marched right into the river. And the moment they stepped out in faith and their feet touched the water, 
the river parted right before their eyes, just as God said it would. And then those priests, they went and stood in the middle of the riverbed, and they stood there holding the Ark of the Covenant while all of Israel passed by. But notice, those priests weren't doing all this just for themselves. No, they were stepping out in faith on behalf of everyone else. Now, those, those priests were living sacrifices, taking the risk and bearing the burden of the ark for the entire nation, for their children and all their descendants yet to come who would grow up in the promised land. And they stood firm. When faced with the question of whether they believed that God was with them and would be faithful to them and trustworthy, their actions spoke louder than words. It turns out the Israelites had learned something in the wilderness. They learned that it's never a bad season for stepping out in faith when the living God is with you. And their actions proved it. Well, over the course of the next week, you and I are also going to have the opportunity to reveal what we have learned and come to believe on our journeys of faith when we receive a stewardship mailing with a pledge card for the year 2021. The question is, do we really believe that Jesus should be first in our lives? Do we really believe that everything we have really belongs to God and that it was given to us as a gift? That we have been created to be givers, that we have been blessed in order that we might become a blessing? Do we really believe that the living God is with us and that there is nothing in all of creation, not even a pandemic and a shaky economy, that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord? Because if we really believe that, then this pledge campaign is going to be a heck of a success. And the year 2021 is going to be a heck of a year for this church. Maybe the best year we have ever had. But we need everyone's help to make that happen. The truth is, in many ways, we as a church have still been living in the 20th century. But we can no longer afford to do that if we are going to faithfully live out the gospel in the 21st century and minister to people in a COVID and a post-COVID world. You know, we have come such a long way technologically in a very short period of time, but we still have a long way to go. And our staff is currently being stretched to the limits of what they are able to do. And we need a lot of help with producing our online services and our video production. And we need more equipment to make all that possible. We also need to make sure we're paying our staff appropriately for what they're doing. And as you all know, because we had to cancel Day on the Lawn this year, we were not able to raise as much money for mission as we normally do. And we'd really like to increase our mission budget for next year. 
so that we can ensure that we have more money to give to individuals and organizations who are doing the good work of the kingdom. But again, we need all of your help to make that possible. But remember, just as those priests stood in the river holding that ark on behalf of everyone else, how we respond as stewards of the resources that God has given us is not just about us. It's about the future. It's about our children and all the children yet to come who will grow up in this church learning the good news of the gospel and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And by virtue of our baptisms, every one of us has been ordained as a priest of the living God. And God is calling each of us to put our belief into action to risk stepping out into that river of faith and then witnessing the faithfulness of God to those who put their trust in Him. And all the saints who have stepped out in faith before us will be cheering us on as we now step out and commit ourselves to the future of what they began. This family of faith we call Swickley Presbyterian Church. So in the coming days and weeks, I would ask that you would carefully and prayerfully consider what commitment you will make to the ministry of Jesus Christ in and through this church. And as you do, ask yourself the question, what is your source of security and meaning in this life? In whom or what do you place your ultimate trust? Is it your bank account? Or is it the God revealed in Jesus Christ, in whom, Paul says, we are no longer strangers and aliens wandering in the wilderness, but citizens with all the saints in the household of God, our true promised land. The way God's people have always answered that question is with their actions. Because actions always reveal our primary convictions, what we really believe. One of the best ways for us to demonstrate our trust in God and our belief that everything we have is a gift and that we have been blessed that we might become a blessing, is to respond generously and sacrificially to support God's mission in this world because that is what grateful people do. Ah, but you might say, it's just, it's just too risky right now. After all, it's just not a good season to be stepping out in faith with our money. Maybe. But I guess that all just depends on what you really believe. Amen.